Tigers on Cage. Shoots and scores! Jesse and Lance talk Tigers and all things WHL with the voice of the Tigers, Bob Ridley. Tigers players, Tigers alumni, and insiders across the WHL. Here's your host, Jesse and Lance. Podcast about your medicine hat tigers. My name is Jesse. He's Lance Dahl. How are you, buddy? Morning. Happy podcast day. We are home of the nine thirty-four three and one medicine hat tigers. Well, listen, that's the reality. It is. We have to stop being embarrassed. We have to stop just pretending that that's not the reality. No stigma. That this is a little bit of a rebuild year. And that's okay because there's a light at the end of the tunnel because with a rebuild year, help is on the way. And then you're built more for next year. You're built for tough. You know, we're not sponsored by them. Oh, sorry. We're sponsored by South Country Co-op. Right. It's our personal one. Co-op tough. That's better. Yeah. I don't know. What would that mean if you walk into South Country Co-op and they're built co-op Let's, tough? South Country Co-op is slowly taking over all of Medicine Hat, so I mean That's they're true. built tough. That's true. 13th Avenue in uh, in the uh, produce department, mm-hmm. fellow who runs it, his name's Kelly. Right. I know Kelly for a long time. Yeah. If you're ever in around the area, get Kelly to uh, to show you around. That's it? Yeah, that he'll just... take care of you. Okay. He's, well, he's built co-op tough. Kelly knows his peaches. Is that Ke- what you're telling me? Kelly knows his produce. Okay. All right. Well, uh, anyway. We got a lot to get it into. I mean, the Tigers on a little bit of a losing streak yet again. But again, that's the reality. I believe that, listen, if they're going to lose games, they're losing with dignity. They're not getting blown out. Yep. They're actually putting up good games. That game against uh, Regina the other night, I mean, you lose 2 nothing. Connor Bedard just gets an empty netter. Right. Garen Bjorklund potentially had uh, one of the best games of the year. Yeah, it wasn't. it's not like they're losing on a lack of effort. No. That would... That would be more frustrating, right? If if it just was because they're mailing it in every game and you're and you're not seeing any kind of growth. I think over the course of the year, you've seen a lot of growth mm-hmm. from a lot of players. Like you got to remember, this team's young. Uh, it's it's going to be trending in the right direction as time goes on. So you just want to see that that the, the guys are that are out there are are getting better than they were the day before. Like I've been saying, just be one percent better. Day after day, right? And I believe they are. I yeah. believe, it, listen, you look at what that that record is, those kids should be hanging their heads up high. Because everyone that I talked to over the weekend that came to a game, because we had a busy weekend, yep. uh, especially a lot of people coming in on that Monday game, saying that they were surprised on how well the Tigers played. And I said, listen, they've been playing like this all season long. Just yeah. unfortunately, and we've talked about it before, the mistakes that they're making, other teams are able to capitalize on it, unfortunately. Yep. So we are losing the 3-2 games, the 4-3 games. We're, but we're putting up better efforts each and every time we're out there. And that's really all you can ask for as you, you as you kind of build, right? So like, like this team's going to be a lot better for it next year going through what they're going through this year. I, I, I really do believe that. I, you look at a lot of the younger players that are on this team, and, and truthfully for probably 95%, if not all 100%, they've never gone through a season like this. No. They've never been on a team that – that has struggled to to get it going and struggled to rack up wins. A lot of these guys are are some of the best players in their minor hockey teams and and going up through you know rep programs and things like that. They're they're the standout stars and now they're coming into a league and then this year where where it just hasn't been easy. It hasn't you know gone how you plan for it, but it doesn't mean that you're not going to get better from it. So 
It's just a matter of taking those steps and being better. Yep, yeah, and you're going to learn from it. Uh, lots of stuff to get into. As always, the interim play-by-play man, Scott Roblin, he's going to join us here momentarily. One thing on the agenda I really want to talk about is that Monday game, is that family day game that we had where it started at 2 p.m. Mm-hmm. We saw a lot of families. We saw an uptick in attendance and sort of the WHL. Right. So let's have a discussion. Is this something that the WHL should maybe look at next year? Should they enforce, you know, maybe once a month, let's, let's do an afternoon game? Yes. Sell tickets, wouldn't it? <laughs> so we'll so. talk about that. And also, I, I, I believe, uh, because we had a little bit of a homecoming, Corson Hopwo came uh-huh. back to Co-op Place, who now plays for the Lethbridge Hurricanes. Uh, our own Scott Robin got a chance to talk to Mr. Yeah, Corson Hopwo. Yeah, ended up catching up with him and ran it in the pregame show uh, on Saturday, back when Lethbridge was in Co-op Place. But if you missed it, we'll have that full conversation for you as well. It's coming up on Tigers Uncaged. Come on. Check it out. Tigers Uncaged is powered by South Country Co-op. Tigers! More roar in a minute. When it comes to your choice of beverage, you have your favorites. And when it comes to the place you get your beverages from, Co-op Liquor Stores is the favorite. They carry a huge selection of wine, spirits, local and world beers. Stick to what you love or try something new. Co-op Liquor Stores in Crescent Heights, 13th Avenue, Redcliffe, Dunmore and Strachan Road. All open seven days a week. South Country Co-op. Proudly serving the community for over 60 years. You're at home here. We've been part of the farming community for generations. Planning. Advising. Getting our boots dirty. Helping farmers thrive and enhance their land. This is core to what we do. Because we believe that each crop should be grown with precision. Grown with care. And grown with purpose. We are a different kind of business. We are building a legacy. We are South Country Co-op. Tigers Uncaged. Let's go! Powered by South Country Co-op. Here's your host. And I reveal myself to you all here. Jesse and Lance. Behold! Welcome back to Tigers Uncaged. Huge thank you to South Country Co-op for being a part of this and you for listening. We appreciate the heck out of you. Uh, as always, we get the one of the busiest guys, I think, in our building to join us. Actually, as we're recording this, he just got off the bus from uh, Regina. Mm-hmm. He was in Regina. Mm-hmm. The interim play-by-play man, Mr. Scott Roblin. How you doing, buddy? Good, good. How are you guys doing? I'm doing all right. First thing I want to bring up is something that Lance and I even brought up on our, our show on Chat 94.5, because we're coming off that Family Day Monday game, where we potentially saw the biggest crowd that the Tigers have had all season. I looked in the, the league, league-wide, every game was had an uptick in attendance. Is it time now for the WHL to start looking at more afternoon games, not on like Mondays, but during the weekend, maybe a Sunday? Do we do we move the schedule to have more afternoon games? I think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think what you saw on Family Day was an event, and that's something the WHL hasn't had for since really since the start of the pandemic. I mean, they've had their games scheduled and opportunities for you know families to come out to games a few matinees here or there. But uh, the biggest thing right now for the the league and their teams is to get back to a financially viable state. And I think at this point in time, it'd be a very prudent move because you saw the atmosphere at Co-op Place Mm -hmm. on Monday. Results aside, it was a great day. It was a great game. And it was a great turnout to have so many fans. And I think a big part of it that sometimes gets lost um, for the Western Hockey League and and the fan experience, so much of this is for kids. Yeah, you know, and if you have a bunch of five, six, seven year old kids, if you have a game going to 
10 o'clock at night if it goes to overtime and stuff like that. That's past a lot of kids' bedtime. And a lot of parents' bedtimes those as well, quite honestly. And the atmosphere just with the kids on the holiday Monday was outstanding. It was mm-hmm. just awesome. You saw the players giving back to the kids and, and making their day. And that is how you create lifelong fans of junior hockey is experiences like that. I, I know for myself, I grew up just south of Calgary, went to Calgary Hitman games all the time. My family would bring me, we had family friends who had season tickets. And that was like a formative experience for me as a hockey fan, going to all those Calgary Hitman games. And that's how I fell in love with junior hockey in the WHL. And I think if you want to create not only a ticket revenue at this point where you're trying to recoup um, losses from the pandemic, but also trying to inspire the next generation of hockey fans supporting junior hockey, this is the way to do it. And I know for teams it can be tough because it's quicker turnarounds for games and the the routine is, is changed up quite a bit as it's moved back earlier in the day. But, you know, if you want, obviously the goal for all of this is to get young hockey fans involved in the sport whether that's at the nhl level or beyond but you know like kids getting into the sport necessarily if they aren't exposed to it are going to gravitate towards the nhl it's the bigger stage bigger names professional but this is an opportunity as well to get more kids invested in junior hockey from a young age see how great it is it's affordable for families much more so than the nhl level and yeah, I just I think that especially from that aspect, it was very eye-opening to see on Monday just how excited the crowd was and how involved they were and um when the the Tigers scored their their goal um in that game just the the pop that was in the crowd as well. Mm-hmm. Um it was just an awesome atmosphere and and I think it'd be I think it'd be good for teams in terms of growing their current fan base and, and potentially future fan base as well. The league would see benefits I think in the long term, right? For all the reasons you just mentioned and and it's not like a foreign concept. You've already seen teams within the Western Hockey League do it. Bigger centers like Calgary and Edmonton based out of necessity more so because of their rink capacity and all the events that go in it. But, I mean, it, you, you talk about preparing to go pro. It's not like the pros don't do this. Look at any NHL team on the East Coast. Most weekends they have an afternoon game at some point, whether yep. it's in the New York's yep. or New Jersey, uh, like even in the Florida area, like you're seeing a lot of the Eastern Conference teams have these afternoon games on weekends. So it's it's not a new concept. So like uh, to me, I, I see zero reasons why they shouldn't be doing it because it just makes so much sense because you need to get people in the building, right? Like from a financial aspect, it makes a, a whole pile of sense. And I think that's a big thing for teams in trying to promote the sport and promote the product of the Western Hockey League to as big of a market as you can. Mm -hmm. And that includes young families who might not be able to get to a 7 o'clock start game, whether it's midweek when young kids are in school or parents are working early, or if it's a weekend, because quite honestly, you know, people have other stuff to do as well. They... Things are opening up once again here. Um, More events are taking place. you got concerts. You have get-togethers with family, those type of things cut into that marketplace a little bit. But if you have an option, one day a week, let's say, or one day every two weeks, it doesn't have to be every single weekend, No, for an opportunity for a young family to come out, watch a hockey game, spend time together, and enjoy the atmosphere that doesn't take away from other commitments that they might have on a Saturday night, that's been the biggest thing, I think, for the Tigers over the last couple of years is just trying to get back to attracting that type of fan base and also, it's it's a real struggle sometimes to try and cut into that you know seven eight o'clock 
demographic on a Saturday night. There's there's a lot of stuff to do out there, and yeah. junior hockey is one of them, but not everybody is a, a junior hockey fan. But if you have, let's say, on a Sunday afternoon, not a whole lot going on, and you have family friends who are saying, oh, we're taking the kids to go see the Tigers game. Do you want to come along? Even if you're not a hockey fan, it's a communal yep. thing for, for yep. families to go to together. Um, so I, I think it's a great idea. Um, could also work as well for you know minor hockey teams if, if they have a Sunday off or whatever. It's I think the atmosphere benefits a lot, and financially it makes a lot of sense, like yeah. you're saying, Lance. I even, like, I, I, this is spiraling a bit. Wouldn't it work for potential like TV deals down the road as well? Well, that's what I was thinking, too. Like, you look at someone like TSN who is, like, they have that, what, a CHL deal where they're trying to get more hockey. Why wouldn't you do less Sunday? I remember Sportsnet used to do, like, a a Saturday or a Sunday game, and they would pick from the the CHL, and that would be your game of the week. That would be perfect for what, for for TSN right now. Well, and like you guys are saying, if it's a, a bigger outlet like Sportsnet or TSN, that would be broadcasting these games, and, and currently it is the, the contract under TSN. Look, TSN is going to be having NBA regional broadcasts of NHL in the evening. The, the slot that would work the best in terms of availability would be a, a mid-afternoon slot ahead of those games. And um, I think it's worked out well for teams like Calgary and Edmonton, even though their schedules get turned upside down a little bit, because... You even look at the Saddle Dome, and this year has been a bit of an anomaly because it got canceled, but the Tigers played a, um, I believe, a 12 o'clock start or a 1 mm-hmm. p.m. start mm-hmm. yeah. in Calgary this year. That was because that day was supposed to be the Max Tournament final. Right. So you have the Max Tournaments, and you say, hey, stick around. We got a, a Tigers-Hitman game coming up, and then we might have something in the evening. That's how you fill up a full day at a place like Co-op Place or – just any arena where you're you're able to try and attract fans and make a day of it, yeah, you know, yeah. not just go down for a couple hours and and have other things to do. You can make a day of it where mm-hmm. you know the and and you can have the game earlier in the afternoon and then say, okay, well, the family's there, go out for yeah. dinner and and partner with restaurants and stuff like that who might want to hop on. There's a lot of avenues that this could yeah. definitely take. And on yeah. TV, it would fall right after Steel Timber Sports. Right, we well, got five be, channels. I'm perfect. pretty sure you could put a game on one of those yeah. channels. And even like the for the scheduling purposes from the league, yeah, it all just like if you dedicated that day, Sundays or afternoon games only, like you can work that around logistically and make it make sense. I don't know, yeah. just a lot of reasons. Anyway, the amount of families that I I've talked to at the Tiger games alone that says, man, I, I would we would love to come to more games, but I'm I can't justify spending that much money knowing that my kid's getting a period and a half yeah. in, yeah. right? And then and then we're leaving halfway through the game. If it's a good game, I don't want to leave. Unfortunately, we have to. You look at like that game at, at 2 o'clock on the Monday. If it would have been at 7 o'clock on a Saturday, with the, all the delays that we had, yeah. it would have been just after 10 o'clock by the time that game would have been wrapped up. Yeah, for sure. I'm grateful we went to the 7 o'clock games because the 7.30s were, oh my. <laughs> Still late. Yeah, during the week, I'd love to see 6 just because Lance and I have stupid o'clock bedtime that we have to get to. <laughs> selfishly, but, yes. Yeah, selfishly. But uh, to get more families in there, my kiddo was there. She loved it on the Monday. Mm-hmm. I think the WHL just needs to look at, you know, maybe once every two weeks, once a month, we try and do something special. Yeah, make it make it an event. Yeah. Yes. Pilot is once a month type deal, right? You- How your theme nights are not on a Saturday, a Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Right, like the, you spend so much money on those cool little Star Wars or Hockey Night in Canada jerseys, and you don't know people going to show up on a Saturday. Right. Do it on a Sunday afternoon because people are going to show up. Sure, sure. Even like uh, I, to pull from a different sport, but 
uh, in Okotoks with the dogs. They have theme nights all the time. I think their entire schedule is just purely theme nights for baseball. Uh, but but they they strategically place a lot of them on some of the busier nights, and when it's a bigger promotion, it might be on a, on a day that's typically a little bit lighter so that they are able to pack it still. Like, like well, they do a good job of it. And the biggest thing when you're trying to attract a fan base for a sport like junior hockey, which – Quite honestly, you know, we talk about it and we invest so much time in it, but in the grand scheme of things for just the average person, it's a bit of a niche sport because most will gravitate towards the pro- the professional level. Right. Um, the biggest thing that you have to do is, as a league and as teams is cast the widest net you can. And I think having start times that are offset, you know, obviously keep your 7 o'clock start times for midweek and, and, and Saturday nights. I mean, that's the biggest thing. You know, Saturday nights is is the, the, the night for hockey. And mm-hmm. um, But I think if you move some Sunday games to 2 o'clock, 2.30, that allows you to reel in more potential customers, quite honestly, yep. who are paying for the product, and more potential young fans who are looking to discover the game. And that is how you as a league and you as teams start getting a little bit more certainty in the continuation of support for your league and your sport when you, like myself, have kids going to 2 o'clock games, and then as they grow up, they can start going to 7 o'clock games yeah. themselves. And yeah. Jesse, you know kids... Kids can determine the pocketbook and where the money gets spent. You don't so. mess with the bedtime. No, you don't There's mess with the bedtime. There's a set schedule for a reason. <laughs> but if kids also want to go to something, you probably end up going. Yeah, so. and it's not like you're just paying a ticket. Yeah, right. Right. You're getting the popcorn, the ice cream, yep. the the drinks. You know what I mean? Like it it, it adds up. The so. the dinner in the community right exactly. after. Exactly. Yeah. Sure. So there's money to be made there. I just this is our plea to the WHL. A go <laughs> what back. It's turning into. Go back to the one media timeout period. Okay. Well, no, have, no, 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 no. And no. have the earlier <laughs> games on. Sunday. Okay, I, I'm I, prefer the, I prefer the two drinks per period of being well, able to cast my breath. Yeah, <laughs> if, if we're doing the two media, then tell the refs what the times are. Because the amount of time they're starting, the, to, they're starting to catch on. They're starting to catch yeah. on. Well, I'm still not. The timekeepers like, are definitely caught on. Yes. Yeah. I can say they're on top of things now. I don't even. I, I, what is it? I know the ones after the 14. 14, yeah, 14 and, seven. and 7. And 7? Yeah. yeah. I haven't even paid attention <laughs> to the second one. Yeah. The second one just catches me by surprise. The first one catches me by surprise. Th- well, <laughs> they'll be playing for like six minutes nonstop, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, yeah, media break. Sure. And yeah. uh, so, anyway, uh, talking about the actual team itself, uh, Garen Bjorklund, go. One of the best games I've ever seen Garen Bjorklund play on Wednesday night in Regina. He was so locked in, so dialed in. That first period, he was under siege for the opening 20 minutes of play. Tigers were outshot 13-2, to stopped everything. And in the first period, I remember making a, a comment on air about Bjorklund is so locked in that all the saves he seems to be making are really, they look like they're easy. And mm-hmm. he made like three or four saves on Connor Bedard on a breakaway opportunity shorthanded. Um was just really positionally sound. And I said, yeah, none of the saves have really been like highlight reel, but they've been just so positionally sound. Fast forward to the second period and he's diving across the crease and knocking away everything that's coming his way. Um, to have a performance like Garen did, stopping 40 of 41, giving his team an opportunity. Um, he, it was, you know, we talked about that game against the Calgary Hitman earlier, um, back in January, I believe, mm-hmm. where he just stood on his head. He was unbelievable. I think he was even better um, wow. on Wednesday night. He was just so dialed in, and it, it almost seemed like he was just challenging Bedard. Yeah. It really did see, especially in the first period, that you know the Tigers turned over the puck quite a bit while on the power play. They had uh, Regina had a number of shorthanded opportunities, and every time it just seemed like 
Bedart or Bjorklin is going to stop this, mm -hmm. you know? And the one shot that beat him was on a power play in the third period with like seven minutes left in the game. Um, shot from the point by Riker Evans that went in and out of the net as, as quick as you could blink an eye. Um, and beyond that, he was perfect. Um, right. You know, obviously, we've said it before this year, um, would have liked to have the two points, uh, just knowing how competitive Garen is. But that's one of the most impressive showings I've ever seen from him. And that's that's back-to-back -back good showings. Yep. Because I'd even say Monday night he looked pretty Prince good Prince Albert, too. He, was, he was solid. Yeah, yeah. so good for him. Uh, I, I would imagine we're going to be using him quite a bit, knowing that uh, I heard Beckett Lankow is uh, injured, injured himself during practice. Yeah, so so after taking a shot, he uh, got a cut on his hand in practice. So that's the reason why on Wednesday nights, uh, Beckett did not join the team on the trip. Instead, they signed Ethan McCallum, the second-round pick out of the Notre Dame Hounds that they drafted back in December. He was on the bench. Really cool experience uh, for him, you know, being a part of his first WHL game, even though he didn't get uh, into the game himself, but taking warm-ups. Um, you know, he's factoring into probably being a big part of the Tigers' future. Uh, and, you know, for Ethan, what better game to watch than seeing what Garen Bjorklund did putting on a show there. Um, Ethan has since been returned to the Notre Dame Hounds, but um, just got word uh, actually a few minutes ago that uh, the Tigers have called up uh, Tomas Mercik. Mm -hmm. He is going to be joining the team for this weekend, along with Zach Sahara from, uh, from Airdrie. So he was a, a draft pick of the Tigers back in 2020, uh, a later round pick, but has put up some pretty solid numbers, and it looks like uh, Zach is going to be with the team. So um, right now listed... Beckett Lankow doesn't look like it's going to be long-term day-to-day uh, is, is what he's listed right now. I think for the Tigers in terms of injuries, the, the bigger concern right now is Brendan Lee. He went down last night in the second period, um, did not put much weight on his left leg, and did not return um, mm. after that. And when you're already missing Tyler McKenzie and Noah Danielson, you have another top six forward go out here. Um, we, we haven't gotten an update on in the, the, the terms of what the severity of the injury is going to be and if uh, we might see Brendan this weekend, but uh, he's just been such a key integral part of that lineup that that's going to be a big hole uh, whether he misses one game or, or ten. Also, Zach Sahara, I think, is like a 9-10 save percentage with Saha this year, yep. so it's nice to have him in the city in the fold. And what uh, The home game Friday and then the trip to Lethbridge Saturday, it makes sense to have him, have him there if he's available. Do we see him this weekend, you think? Or no. is he just there just in case? Like, Is it way too just soon to consider... You can correct me if I'm bridge? wrong, but I'm assuming just in case. So when I was asking Willie about um, Ethan McCallum, obviously he was only up for the one game, but I asked if he if there's a chance he would see the ice, and he said he's in as a backup. So um, I'm assuming the same will happen with Zach Sahara. Um, obviously, I'm quite certain that Garen is going to get the start against the Winnipeg Ice coming up on Friday night. I mean, that'd be a real tough situation Welcome to have to the league, a, a first <laughs> yeah. game in the Western <laughs> Hockey League against one of the top teams in the CHL. Um, as for the, the game against Lethbridge, I guess we'll see. Um, but I would probably bank towards Garen is, is going to be kind of riding uh, the next couple of games, especially considering how well he played the other night. Um, I also saw Hunter St. Martin not on the roster anymore on the Tigers website, so I assume he's back in Edmonton. Yeah, yeah. He's been sent back uh, to yeah. OHA Edmonton. Um, was able so far this year to play in eight games for the Tigers and likely will be a, uh, a full stay member of the uh, roster coming up next year. So um, there's still a chance he could get called up before the end of the season, but um, just uh, you know, getting an opportunity to play some center for the Tigers was big, I think, for his developments. Mm -hmm. And even though he didn't pick up any points, I mean, that speed of his is pretty evident. With Lee potentially out. We know McKenzie's out. We know Danielson's out. So the 7D running with, with a defenseman up front is is permanent. 
seemingly for, yeah. for the foreseeable future. But like, if now you have three forwards out, what's do we, do we have an idea of what the plan might be? Like, well, obviously, Mercy's going to be getting some decent I mean, minutes. I mean, one player I'm interested to see what's going to happen with is Shane Smith. He got called up for one game earlier here if he gets another call up. Um, it's funny you mentioned the the 7D and playing that fourth line left wing spot, which they seemingly have just been rotating guys over the last couple of weeks. And uh, we were able to ask Joe Frazier about that at a media availability earlier this week. And he said, um, with the injuries the Tigers have had, this has been a situation where they like their seven defensemen and yep. they want them to get playing time. And so they collectively sat the 7D men down and said, look, we have these injury problems up front. We only have six spots on defense. What would you guys think about rotating in to play forward every once in a while and getting some more guaranteed time to, to play and you wouldn't be sitting at, you know every yeah. other night? And all seven, including Dan Baker, said, yes, we can play some time up front. Cool. So wow. the, the, the commitment has been there. It looks like it's going to continue. Um, Reed Andreessen was getting some time. Last night in Regina, in that fourth-line left-wing position, we've seen Gleb Ivanov in there. We've seen Pasha Botcharov in there. Um, and you know what? We might even see Dan Baker there. Um, <laughs> he, he said that he was willing to do it as well. So I think this is something, depending on the severity of the injuries, especially with Lee, that uh, we might see going forward for the rest of the year. Hmm. I was very surprised when you tweeted out uh, the starting lineup for that game in Regina that uh, Braden was back in the lineup after taking that wicked hit before that, I think he was in a, a fight or something because his nose was just yeah. banged up. It was a it was a tough night to be Braden Bame. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of people did not think. Well, a lot of people asked me after the game if Braden Bame was okay because it was a very. I didn't get to see the hit. I just saw the aftermath yeah, it of wasn't it. Good, but uh, I heard it was very a very bad hit. Yeah, it was it was it was up high and. Um, I haven't seen, quite honestly, it might change by the time this podcast goes out. Uh, haven't seen a suspension for Trevor Thurston. Five games, it sounds yeah. like. Okay. Oh, it yeah. did come so, through. That, 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 yeah. So Trevor Thurston had already been suspended earlier this year. Um, suspended for that hit and also the cross-check on Carter Chorney. He got a double five-minute major um, at the end of that play, which is something I've I don't think it. I've ever seen before. Um, so, But going back to Brain Beam, yeah, he, uh, we were seeing him at a pregame meal and you know, he's kind of all cut up and, and looks a little bit like Frankenstein, but played well the other nights. He was showing off his speed and was wearing the full bubble, so expect him to wear that for the foreseeable future. But for the way he left the ice and for as gruesome as the hit looked, um, just really encouraging to see he was well enough not only to be around the team but to, to play and to be in the starting lineup last night in Regina. So yeah. uh, for all the injury troubles the Tigers have had, uh, looks like they caught a break there. Yeah, the fact that he played was... I didn't think it was possible, considering how how that ended for him on on Monday afternoon. But uh, but yeah, I saw five games for Trevor Thurston for for both infractions. So, which was just a crazy experience to see two five minute majors get handed out within thirty like with the last thirty seconds of a game. Anyway, uh, but about Braden Bame, it'll be the last one for you uh, for from me anyway. But Braden Bame has really played a lot better over the last couple of weeks. Like he believes in himself. And and when Jesse and I had the chance to chat with Joe Frazier to start the season, one guy in particular that Frazier was excited about was Braden Bame. And, and now I think we're starting to see why driving the net, the speed that he has, but but that that ability to drive like a power forward is going to be super important for his skill development like throughout his junior career. We saw that goal he scored against Lethbridge. Yeah. Like I'm assuming that's going to end up on the WHL Plays of the Week. Um, just an unbelievable move and unbelievable patience just to – 
toe drag that puck far enough past the crease to get Jared Picklick down and, and go top shelf with it. Um, I think the biggest thing for Braden, quite honestly, is his hands have caught up to his feet. Yeah. Because he's just been a guy who's had, since I've seen him in rookie camp a few years ago, he's just had absolute wheels. But I think the biggest thing for him is you, you see this sometimes in the NHL as well where guys just are rocketing, but they lose control of the puck and the hands necessarily aren't quite as fast as the feet. And, um, you know, they, they're easily stick-checked, those type of things. I'm seeing better um, positional play with the body of Braden Bame to shield off checks, to shield off defensemen coming back, diving along the ice, trying to knock away the puck because that's the biggest plus of Braden Bame's game is turning defensemen mm-hmm. and Cutting in left side, we've seen it so many times this year, gets the spring pass just uh, before the blue line and turning on the Jets and starting to angle his way towards the net. Whether he shoots short side or tries to drag it across the crease like we saw on Saturday against Lethbridge, that's been his bread and butter. And the biggest thing you always see when he starts turning on those Jets is he starts turnstiling defenders and defenders trying to get back. And so he's got to expect that sticks and bodies and everything are going to be diving towards him. And for the first part of the season, it seemed like the defenders were getting the upper hand and knocking away pucks, and um, he might bobble the puck a little bit, and that would allow a stick lift or anything like that. But I think Braden is getting better at shielding away defenders and being more positionally sound while also uh, keeping up those hands, which I think are are an underrated part of his game Mm -hmm. as well. He's been fun to watch. Uh, Last one before we do let you go. Uh, It was a busy weekend for former Tigers playing their former team. You got a chance to talk to Eric Van Imp, who's now with the Broncos, uh, and Corson Hopwell, who's now a left Shirkin, who did not fight right off the start. No. (laughs) You were right, though. Him and Baker were giving each other some good, <laughs> yeah, good yeah, push and shoving. And forth, yeah. But I really thought he was going to, for opening draw, throw the gloves down. <laughs> um, what was it like for both of them to play the Tigers? And were you surprised that we didn't even really get like a, a farewell or anything? Like not even, didn't have to be pre-packaged, but could have just had a camera on him on the bench and letting the crowd give him a warm welcome. I feel like they should have done more to welcome back Corson Hopwell. Yeah, I mean, Corson has been a fan favorite over the course of his WHL career here in Medicine Hats and um, has meant a lot to the organization. And um, I don't know if if the Lethbridge factor plays into that at Mm -hmm. all just because of the team he's now playing for. Um, It was funny talking to Corson before the game. And I was asking him just how he's feeling. And, you know, I don't think I've heard the word nervous out of Corson Hopwell's mouth before, but he did say there were some nerves going into the game just for his history in the building. He said it was going to be very, very strange. Um, And, you know, you have a situation where not only is Corson playing his former team, but it's in his old rink. You know, if it was in Lethbridge facing off against the Tigers, obviously strange to look across at your former teammates, but at least it's in your new barn. He was back at co-op place, and um, I know after the game was was chatting and, and talking to his former teammates. Um, in terms of Eric Van Imp, we were in swift currents and um, didn't think we would see Eric this year because obviously he got traded to Seattle at the start of the season, and with no games against Western Division opponents for the Tigers, looked like that was going to be the end of it. And then uh, the Tigers' connection continues as uh, Seattle brings in Lucas Fakovsky. They have to uh, ditch an overager, and that ended up being Eric Van Imp gets uh, moved over to the Swift Current Broncos, where he's firmly in the team's top four, maybe even top pair. Um, and uh, before the game, I was interviewing him, and Joe Frazier is in the background and just like absolutely <laughs> causing havoc. And Eric had to take a moment. He's just like, yeah, Jonesy's or uh, Joey is just uh, absolutely throwing me off my game right now. And they had a, I saw them have a, a big hug and a big chat after uh, after the interview. It's it's those connections that are the the coolest thing, and I think for 
Um, the Tigers, who are moving in a certain direction right now towards a rebuild, they haven't forgotten about the players who have been in there in mm-hmm. some of their more recent you know, playoff pushes, even going back to, uh, to before the pandemic. Um, so I think that uh, it, it was very cool for both of them to face off against their teams on back-to-back nights as well. Right. Um, you know, I didn't see... Uh, necessarily, like you said, Jesse, the the want to you know drop the mitts and just yeah. collide guys in the corner. But I mean, Hopwo is as gritty as they come in the corner as well, and he was buzzing. He had a number of chances. I I thought there was a chance he might score, and now Corson finally has his first goal as a member of the Lethbridge Hurricanes. Scored on Wednesday night against Winnipeg. Um, yeah, it was just very very interesting. Both said uh, a lot of nerves going into the game, but uh, an opportunity to see some teammates they haven't seen in a while. Yeah, now yeah. Logan Barlogi going to go back uh, yep. to Lethbridge as well this He's weekend. He's going to drop so. the mitts right opening drop. <laughs> now listen, he'd be more likely. <laughs> he would be more likely to do it. It, it. Like even in the pregame when Lethbridge was here, Corson had the the, the little bit of friendly banter with Bjorkland and uh, and Baker pregame. Barlogi didn't have that. Barlogi was ready to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. like Barlogi. He may drop. He, he he handles his business during the game. He'll talk to you after. So so maybe. I don't maybe. know. Maybe. Something's got to happen. Uh, yeah, it really was cool to see Hopple. And again, just like in pure Hopple fashion, the first one ready for the game. And so I saw him and I said, hey, yeah. you're wearing the wrong colors. And he laughed and he, <laughs> he said, good to see you. And I said, you too, brother. Have a good game. And it's just. Yeah, you could tell he was very excited. He's, he's one of the good ones. Yes, yeah, for sure. Yes. Uh, well, another busy weekend for the Tigers. They will take on the Winnipeg, the one of the top teams in the CHL. Take them on Friday night and then Saturday in Lethbridge. Scott will have the call for both games on Chat 94.5. More Hockey Talk on the way with Tigers Uncaged. Powered by South Country Co-op. For over 60 years, South Country Co-op has been part of our community. Families gathering around the table to talk about their day, share stories, laugh together, and just be there for one another. The meal on the table that brings families together is from South Country Co-op. Fresh local ingredients on amazing deals for you every single week. And their app gets you access to their flyer, locations, hours, and more. South Country Co-op proudly serving the community for over 60 years. You're at home here. If we asked your car how it felt, it wouldn't respond. It's a car. But if we added some magical pixie dust and then asked, it still wouldn't answer. That only happens in the movies. But if we ask how you felt about having to fill your car, you'd probably say, I wish I got something out of it. Well, co-op members earn money on every liter filled at co-op gas bars. Fill up today on Strachan Road, 13th Avenue, Maple Avenue, Northlands, Redcliffe, Eagle Butte, and Dunmore, and Oyen. South Country Co-op proudly serving the community for over 60 years. You're at home. Here. The talk of Tiger Town. Great moments are born from great opportunities. Tigers Uncaged with Jesse and Lance, powered by South Country Co-op. Welcome back to Tigers Uncaged. Really good talk with uh, our own Scott Roblin. That man, very passionate about the team, and I love it. That's why we have him on each and every week. Yeah, he should work harder, though. He doesn't work hard enough. He's not I, busy enough. I don't know how that man sleeps, to be honest. Like, like between his, because he's doing two jobs, three jobs. I don't know how many. He, he's doing way too many. That's I the mean, thing. I saw. Him, I think I saw him anchoring chat news, and then all of a sudden he's on the bus calling yeah. the games. Yeah, he's anchoring chat news. He's doing up their sports casts every night. Um, on, on the time he came in for a conversation with us, it was his day off after yeah. just being in Regina. He yeah. comes in on the day off. And uh, and and pops in for a conversation. Then we'll go to the rink later on that day. Again, remember it's his day off. Um, yeah, it's the amount of work that he does. Uh, uh, 
It's incredible. Yeah. And he gets a chance to sit down and talk to Tigers, former Tigers, for uh, his broadcast. And mm-hmm. we're just lucky enough that we get to piggyback off that. So uh, without further ado, this is uh, Corson Oppel making his return to co-op place as a Lethbridge Hurricane. Weird. Getting set for the game on Saturday. Enjoy. Well, I'm sure this is a, a pretty surreal experience for you, Corson Hoppel. Uh, walking down the hallway here at Co-op Place, entering the visitors' dressing room, uh, an arena you've played uh, your entire career at before the WHL trade deadline. Just how are you feeling here tonight? Uh, I'm excited. Uh, a little bit nervous. Um, it's a it's a different feeling, kind of walking into the visitors' dressing room before a game. But uh, no, like I said, I'm I'm excited, and I I'm, I can't wait for it to start. It's been a big adjustment, obviously, since the, the trade deadline, getting traded to uh, Medicine Hat's biggest rival, and you've been able to settle into the lineup over the last couple of weeks. So uh, just what's it been like integrating into the Hurricanes and, uh, you know, as you guys try and make your playoff push here? Yeah, uh, they've, been, they've been great kind of just uh, introducing me to the, the city and the team. So it's, it's, been, it's been a pretty easy transition. Um, but, uh, you know, just, just trying to play, play how I want to play. I'm still trying to figure that out right now. But... Uh, um, uh, other than that, I, I think uh, the transition's been good. You know, you're coming into a, a roster here that is making that playoff push, and obviously in your overage season, uh, you know, it's something that's, uh, you know, a competitive guy like you wants to play playoff hockey here. So uh, just what has it been like to, to, I guess, be involved in that and, and trying to get in some playoff games here in your last season? Yeah, it's nice. Um, uh, exciting uh, as well. Um, I think uh, playing playoffs is, is, a, is a big uh, kind of F team effort, so I think we all... Uh, we all need to be, be playing our best, and, and we, uh, we, we strive to do that uh, looking t- towards the end of the season here. Uh, it's funny, last night uh, the Medicine Hat Tigers were in Swift Current. We were talking with Eric Van Imp, uh, first time playing against his old team, and I asked him about the first time taken to uh, warm-ups and, and you know, going on the ice and uh, you know, seeing the black and orange across the ice. Uh, just when you guys head out on the ice for warm-ups, what do you think that feeling's going to be like? Yeah, I'm not too sure what the feeling's <laughs> going to be like. It's going to be uh, a bit different, but... Uh, no, like I said at the start, I, I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited to see the guys and, and everyone. So I think, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for it to start. You know, like I said, uh, you're one of the more competitive players that's been on the Tigers over the last number of years. Just how amped up are you for tonight and giving you a little bit of extra juice, a little bit of extra step in your stride? Oh, for sure. I think, I think it's going to be a, a good game. Uh, I, I, I already, already feel pretty, pretty amped up and excited. So I think it's, uh, it's going to be good. You know, you're, you're coming into a team here and you've been able to settle in with points in four of your last states. Uh, obviously, like you said, just looking to, I guess, uh, settle in a little bit more in that top six role. But to be relied upon as one of the older guys uh, teaching some of the younger guys on this team, you had that experience and now have it in Lethbridge. Uh, what does that mean to you? Yeah, no, it's, 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 uh, it's a great experience to, to have that. I think uh, I need to be doing a better job of it here in Lethbridge, but I, I, uh, I, I strive t- towards it every day. So I think to have that opportunity is, is a great one. One guy I'm interested uh, to pick your brain on uh, lining up against is going to be Dan Baker. You guys have grown up your entire careers here in the, in the Western Hockey League here in Medicine Hat. Uh, just uh, what a conversation's been like him over the last couple of weeks and uh, taking to the ice against him. Yeah, we, we kind of texted, texted this morning just saying, like, can't wait to see, see each other and that. But uh, we haven't really talked overly about hockey yet. Um, you know, it's just going to be, once, once the game starts, I feel like it's just going to be kind of every other game, I think. Um, it's it's one of your best friends across the ice, but it's it's no friends on the ice. So I think it's it's just going to turn into a, a regular regular hockey game. And for you to come back into this building, I mean, you've had so many 
huge memories with the Tigers being in front of the fans here at Call Place, obviously on the other side of the rivalry, rivalry here tonight. But what is the experience of walking into this building once again here, um, you know, still having a, a connection to Medicine Hat? Uh, a little bit nerve wracking, um, but uh, like I said, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, the fans have, have been awesome throughout my four years and, and I have so many memories in this rink. So I think it's it's exciting and, and, and nerve wracking, but no, I'm, I'm ready for it. Appreciate this course and best luck tonight. No, thank you. More Tigers uncaged in seconds. That's how winning is done. Powered by South Country Co-op. When it comes to washing your ride, the most important thing is... Water pressure. Without it, dirt, bugs, birds, business, and everything else stays on. Thankfully, South Country Co-op Extreme Car Wash has the... Water pressure. State-of-the-art laser touchless car wash from South Country Co-op. Four locations, Maple Avenue, Northlands, Crescent Heights, and Strachan Road. This is your best wash. This is Extreme touchless car wash from South Country Co-op. You're at home here. Water pressure. For over 60 years, South Country Co-op has been part of our community. Families gathering around the table to talk about their day, share stories, laugh together, and just be there for one another. The meal on the table that brings families together is from South Country Co-op. Fresh local ingredients on amazing deals for you every single week. And their app gets you access to their flyer, locations, hours, and more. South Country Co-op proudly serving the community for over 60 years. You're at home here. Jesse and Lance are back with more Tigers Uncaged. Fast and fearless, baby. Here we go. Powered by South Country Co-op. Welcome back to Tigers Uncaged. Thank you to South Country Co-op, who uh, is a part of this each and every week. And this was a fun episode. I I felt like we really dived into a lot of things, Tigers-related, WHL-related. Yeah. And then uh, getting a chance to hear from Corson Hopple before that game on Saturday. It's always nice. Yeah. Miss Corson. Yeah, he's a fan favorite, and I'm still uh, I'm still wondering why there wasn't uh, just some send off. I mean, not even didn't have to be produced. Put a camera in front of him, let the fans thank him. I, I feel like he didn't get a thank you. He got one from me, but well, you saw him. Yeah, I saw him. I'm just now I'm stalling for a second because I'm looking. Does Lethbridge come back? I hope. Oh, well, they have to because we haven't played Lethbridge a ton this season, and now we're going to Lethbridge on Saturday. They will be back. They will. Saturday, April 2nd. Well, maybe they were just saving it for then. We have an opportunity okay. to say goodbye to Corson. So. He better not be injured. Oh, don't put that out Sorry. there. What Sorry. are you doing? Right. Uh, it'll be interesting, though, to see on, on Saturday if Lethbridge does anything for Logan. Yeah, I'm sure they, they will have some kind of deal for, for Logan. Who, he put course, time in. Yeah, yeah, put quite a bit of time and uh, was a part of their leadership group. I, think this year he, he was what co-captain with jet jones so yeah, that sounds right uh so yeah he's a big part of what they did in lethbridge so that'd be nice for for him to get his homecoming later on not an easy weekend for the medicine Hat tigers nope. of course friday they take on the winnipeg ice which you know some people may believe it could be a blowout i'm looking at the brighter side of it yeah they played edmonton very well they do elevate their game against good teams at one point they were leading yep. edmonton going into the third and it just crumbled which is rare for the tigers because they're usually very good in the third yep yeah they're good at locking down games i think uh if bjorkland stands on his head and we can get that offensive momentum yeah could be a close game they are going to need bjorkland to stand they're on his to. head yeah there's just so much depth in, in winnipeg like they have three, even all four of their lines can can roll on you. They, they just have yep. so much depth. But uh, they are susceptible to getting scored on. They don't play the best defense. 
So maybe that could be a thing. The Tigers need to get their power play going on Friday, though. Yeah. Like, if you're going to have a chance, you need to win. You you really got to win the special teams yep. if you're able to. Yep. You can't take many penalties because, mm-hmm. again, with all that depth, they can just score from so many different ways, and so many different players can, can chip in on power plays. Uh, and when you have your own power plays, you got to make the most of them because you're not going to have a lot of uh, grade A opportunities otherwise. Yeah, they have to do a little bit of a better job getting that shot off. On, on the power play. Yeah, There's a lot shoot. of passing. They're great at shooting passing. first. Yeah. Because lately they've been, when, they, when, when they're working the puck around, the, whoever picks it up is looking for the next pass. Start looking for the next shot. Just put things towards the net. You, you, just get, score ugly goals. Why not? I don't care if we're not on a WHL top 10 again the rest of the season. Ah, who cares? Score ugly goals. Score goals. That's all we want. Yep. Uh, as always, we appreciate you for downloading, listening to this podcast. Wherever you're finding your podcast, maybe you're on chat945.com. We appreciate you as well. You can catch both games this weekend on that website, chat945. Have a great weekend. This has been Tigers Uncaged with Jesse and Lance. Powered by South Country Co-op. Thanks to all of our show contributors. Thank you for your help. Be looking for a new Tigers Uncaged podcast every week during hockey season.